College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. Stanford, Steve, what a weekend we've got in store. There are six AP-ranked matchups as we make our way towards Week 7 in what is a busy Week 7 in college football. Let's start and take a look with number 10, Penn State, on the road at number 5, Michigan. These two will be squaring off in an AP Top 10 matchup for the third time. They split the previous two such meetings. That's not anywhere near enough. At 3.30 Eastern on ABC, we'll have number eight Oklahoma State on the road facing number 13 TCU. It will be the first Big 12 conference game involving teams both 5-0 or better since 2015 between TCU and Oklahoma State. Over in the Pac-12, number 20 Utah hosts number seven USC. The second time these two teams have met while ranked, the first came in 2014 when the Utes came out on top 24 to 20. How about number 18 Syracuse saying welcome to 15th ranked NC State. That's a 3:30 Eastern game on the ACC network. It will be the first meeting where both teams are ranked in the AP top 25. At 7:30 Eastern, this over on the SEC network, number 16 Mississippi State hits the road to face number 22 Kentucky. It will be the first time these teams have met when both were ranked in the AP poll. And finally, last but certainly not least, number three Alabama heads to Rocky Top to take on number six Tennessee. Both teams ranked in the top 10 for this top matchup for the 11th time, tied for the second most AP top 10 matchups between a pair of SEC teams trailing only Alabama and LSU. For the very latest on Bryce Young's status, we'll turn to ESPN senior writer Pete Thamel, who's already in Knoxville. Pete, uh, let's start with what you expect from the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, Wendy, there's been a lot of optimism about Bryce Young coming out of Tuscaloosa this week. Uh, he, he is back, still throwing on a limited fashion, still listed as day-to-day. But things are trending well for Bryce Young. The thought was if he did not play against Texas A&M Saturday, he would be on trajectory to go. And it seems like he remains on that trajectory to play in Knoxville on Saturday. All right, a couple of other ranked versus ranked matchups with quarterback questions. We'll go through some of these. Let's start with the Wildcats' Will Levis. Yeah, Will Levis has a, a foot injury, a case of turf toe, Wendy. It, it obviously kept him out of uh, last week's game and a loss to South Carolina. Levis is trending towards coming back and playing. There's been a lot of optimism from Mark Stoops and uh, Rich Gangrel, the offensive coordinator, this week in their public comments. Uh, it's uncertain if Levis is going to be 100%, but it looks like he's going to give it a go on Saturday night. Devin Leary, on the other hand, there's a little less optimism for Wendy. Uh, he injured his shoulder against the Seminoles on Saturday night. 
when NC State plays Syracuse in the Carrier Dome on Saturday, Devin Leary is going to travel to the game, but there's some pessimism over whether he'll be able to go. Dave Doran has said, we'll find out at kickoff. He did give a timeline of one to six weeks. One week seems too quick for Devin Leary to be coming back to the field. All right, Pete, deja vu for you in Knoxville. Enjoy the weekend, although I'm sure we'll talk to you again. And, Steve, you heard the expectations on Bryce Young, but quarterback questions aside, who in your estimation needs to step up for Alabama this weekend? Well, if a quarterback's going to play well, he needs his receivers to play well, and that's why I look at the Alabama wide receiving group in this game, Wendy. When you look at what they've done in prior road trips, they kind of struggled and getting separation against Texas, and that ultimately, you know, led to a one-point win. Last week with Jalen Milrow, he had a couple overthrows on deep balls, but I think this is a perfect situation where, yes, Alabama has been very spoiled at the at the wide receiver position, but now you got some guys against an undermanned Tennessee secondary that I think are primed to make big plays and get a big win for Alabama, so I think it's on the uh, Alabama wide receivers. All right, obviously that's the Tide offense. I got to tell you, though, we are watching Tennessee's offense as well. They have scored points in bunches, and Alabama will have their work cut out for them. The Vols have scored on 62% of their offensive drives. That is the best rate in the FBS. Tennessee has averaged nearly 550 yards per game. That is also the best in the FBS. Said otherwise, Sam Macho, this offense is clicking on all cylinders. What will Alabama's answer need to be from a defensive perspective? Well, they're going to have to force turnovers. One stat number that's not on there is that Tennessee doesn't turn the ball over. Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions this year. You say, well, man, maybe it's just the first couple of games. Well, last year, 31 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Hendon Hooker can ball. And so the question will be, what will Alabama be able to do to slow down the throws to his big play receiver, Cedric Tillman? Big play receiver is back healthy. He's playing. Rue McCoy, transfer from USC. He's playing as well. Alabama's going to have to rely on not just quarterback hits and hurries, but also sacking the quarterback and forcing turnovers. This offense has been so much fun to watch, guys, and it certainly has optimism high on Rocky Top. And for that reason, uh, among others, College Game Day will be back in Knoxville for the second time this season. You can check out Reese and the Gang Saturday morning. That starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. We switch gears now to Penn State and Michigan. Another ranked matchup. Jays Franklin still searching for his first career win against an AP Top 5 team on the road. That's a big 0-4 right there. 0-4-8 in that spot. Going 0-2 during his time at Vandy. And then 0-6 as the head coach at Penn State. You're trying to tune out all that outside noise that's out there. That's easier said than done. And every weekend, there's there's a favorite, right? And and everybody loves the unpredictable outcome of, of sports, whether it's professional sports, college, or high school. For us, it's just doing everything we possibly can to be 1-0 again this week. Listen, this is a tough, tough order. There's no question. But for that trend to be reversed, Sam, what does Penn State have to do this weekend? P.J. Mustaver has to ball. P.J. Mustaver is a baller, so that helps. He's their defensive tackle for Penn State, number 97. This dude can play. You turn on the tape of him and number 51, Akeem Beeman. If those two guys play well, it's going to be a long day for Michigan. We know Michigan wants to run the ball, but this D-line, they are good. They average less than 80 yards 
given up in running, so they don't let people run on them, and they love to get after the quarterback. I want to see P.J. Mustafer dominate, and I want to see Akeem Beeman do his thing. Yeah, I like the secondary behind that defensive line too, Sam. So I think I expect big things from Penn State in this spot. I really do. It is time. We know the recruiting. <laughs> we know how the culture is changing. And I think about Penn State's team and what they bring to the, to the table. They have been awesome at running the football with Sean Clifford at quarterback. They have two guys that average over five yards a carry in Allen and Singleton. Singleton's averaged over seven yards a carry. I think a quick start is, is, is very imperative for, uh, for Penn State here because how do you take a crowd out of the game? You score quick, get your defense back on the field. I expect Penn State to play well Saturday. Uh, that's the best way to do it. And, guys, uh, no time like the present. This is a tough stretch. How about this for the next three games? You've got Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, it's certainly not going to get any easier. In the meantime, Penn State's defense will have to contend with a few offensive weapons for Michigan. We know the quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, has been solid, leading the FBS in completion percentage, second in the Big Ten in total QBR. The real driving force, though, has been Blake Corum. He's rushed for 500 yards in the last three games, the first Michigan player since Denard Robinson in 2011. We definitely think that Blake is a guy who could go out on a Saturday, play one game, take an hour break, come back and play another game. Um, that's just how he prepares, you know, and it's no surprise he's ranked where he is right now amongst running backs. I feel like it's going to be a dogfight in the trenches, and it's going to be our guys against their guys. We're both going to be schemed up pretty well, but it's going to be who can move the guy in front of them better. Yep, well, he, he's right about that, Steve. A bigger concern for this Penn State <laughs> defense. McCarthy or Corum? Oh, I think it's Corum. Uh, he's been a stud. You could put him up there with any top running back in the country and Sam talked about that defensive line Michigan is not going to be afraid to run the football they have to run the football in order to get their pass game going so I think slowing down quorum is more imperative now I'm with you and in football they have this saying don't chase ghosts right the ghosts would be well JJ okay if you they're not going to run it maybe this is the game where JJ McCarthy really starts airing it out and not throwing it and throwing it deep obviously great completion percentage a lot of those have been on short throws uh, Blake Corum is not a ghost. He's a very real live human being who is doing very <laughs> real live things. We talked about it, 500 rushing yards over the last three games. And, oh, by the way, the game before that, he ran for five touchdowns. So, Blake Corum is the way this offense goes. Now, the iteration of that will be if Penn State stops the run like they have been all season long with Manny Diaz, then you force – now you force J.J. McCarthy – to throw the ball. And if he can beat you, now you have problems. But that has to be the, 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 the focus. Stop the run game, stop Michigan's run game, and then force J.J. McCarthy to play into your strength, which is your back end. Yeah, listen, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Michigan knows they can run the ball. They, you know what, Penn State, they know what's coming. The question is, to your point, Sam, can they stop it? It won't be any real surprise. It's just a matter of getting the job done. Still to come on College Football Live, the USC Trojans will try to make it seven straight. They'll face Utah. The Utes, too, will look to run amok against that Trojan defense. We'll look at what might make the difference in this one. Plus, speaking of running the football, Florida State likes to do that. They do it as well as any team in the ACC. Problem is, Clemson is pretty good at stopping it. What happens when these two get together? College Football Live is presented by Delicious Ice Cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve.
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Dr. Pepper. Welcome back as we make our way through a number of ranked matchups this week. Top 25 showdown in the Pac-12, number 7 USC traveling to number 20 Utah. The first time that the Trojans are facing a ranked opponent this season. And certainly things have gone well, but this will be their toughest test to date, at least uh, statistically speaking. Steve, meanwhile, if Utah is to bounce back from last week's loss to UCLA, they need to do what? They need to play better on offense. Wendy, Cam Rising had a brutal interception in the red zone going in for a touchdown in that game last week, and it totally flipped things around. And I expect Utah to play better in this spot because, first of all, I like the matchup better against SC, mainly because they're at home. They don't have to go on the road. That's a really tough place to play. USC has had struggles there. But I expect this Utah offense to score. This USC defense has some holes in it. They've been very fortunate in the amount of turnovers they've caused. I don't think Utah will get this week. They'll play better at home. I expect a big game from Cam Rising. Man, Steve, I expected the same thing last week in UCLA, and Utah did not deliver. I expected <laughs> Utah to be more physical. Utah prides themselves on being a physical football team, and they got out physicaled by UCLA. And so it's hard for me to see that and say, yeah, they're going to come out and, and, and win against USC. I think that Caleb Williams is going to have a big day. Uh, I, I think Jordan Addison is going to have a big day. For me, I look at the opportunity that Utah had last week at UCLA, and I felt like it was squandered. And so now you have another potent offense, so they do their offense a little bit differently than UCLA. This offense likes to throw the ball. I think it's going to be a little bit harder to stop, especially because you didn't live up to expectations in weeks prior. Listen, you have to expect Utah to play better at home, but they have historically struggled against USC, 2-7, and seven, their second worst record in the Pac-12 against an opponent. But you never know. That's why they play on Saturday. <laughs> Time now for our Wendy's Wake Up, uh, brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast. The winner of Saturday's matchup between TCU and Oklahoma State will have a big le leg up on the race to the Big 12 championship game. Keep in mind, guys, a matchup of the last two undefeated Big 12 teams. All right, we have two of the best offenses in the FBS squaring off on Saturday. It's likely going to come down to a shootout, at least if you look at this, because, again, uh, these two teams coming in ranked undefeated, scoring well. Sam, what, what will give? I don't think anything will give. I think it'll be the high-powered offenses that we expected. I mean, last <laughs> week against Kansas, uh, a backup quarterback came in for Kansas and threw four touchdowns in the second half. Yet TCU went blow for blow. You saw that big play to Darius Davis, another big play to Tay Barber. You're seeing Max Duggan right here make big plays the week before against Oklahoma. TCU's offense is tied for number one in all of college football as far as yards per play. They're tied with, oh, by the way, Ohio State, which you all know how good Ohio State is. And so uh, I am so excited about this game because you have two super high-powered offenses that love to make big plays, and those big plays change games. 
Absolutely, Sam. I totally agree. And when I look at Oklahoma State's defense, they were on the field last week for 104 plays. Now you're playing TCU, leads the country because they average over eight yards per play. And when you talked about that TCU offense, I really looked at the guy last week that showed out. Quentin Johnston, 14 catches, 201 yards, two touchdowns. Sam, this guy had 33 catches last year, and that's how well the, the, the Big 12 coaches thought of him, that he was first team Big 12. He had 33 catches. <laughs> So you just know the talent he brings to the table. And I expect big things from this TCU offense. Not sure the health of all the total Oklahoma State defense. So I expect TCU, again, big road win last week. Come back home, feed off that crowd, get some juice in the building. TCU will play well. Well, one thing we know for sure, there will be one remaining undefeated team in the Big 12 after this game. They both can't come out uh, with a win. And again, the last matchup of the two undefeateds. Meanwhile, we continue to talk about Clemson. The Tigers face a tough test in Tallahassee. They've been scoring points in bunches. Will the Seminoles defense be ready to tame those Tigers Saturday night? College Football Live is presented by delicious ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Take a picture of the television right now. We will be back next time with another megacast on ESPN2. And now we take a look at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview. Clemson has won 12 straight games. That right now, the longest active win streak in the FBS. And in addition, the Tigers have won six straight against the Seminoles, who they'll face this weekend, tied for the second longest win streak against Florida State all time. And really, it's pretty much this simple. One likes to run. One's pretty pretty good at stopping the run, Steve. So, listen, what can Florida State do to pull this one off? Well, they have to be better offensively, Wendy. When you go back and look at last week, they really, really struggled getting shut out in the second half at NC State in a game they led for the whole first half. And I worry about that in this circumstance because one thing I know, that that Clemson defense, it, tra it travels very, very well. So Florida State has to be more consistent and limit turnovers. You cannot turn the ball over and give the ball to Clemson. And here's a struggle for Florida State. Uh, some of the weaknesses that you saw Clemson had last year, they've almost become strengths. I mean, even look at DJU. He struggled last year. He's almost doubled his offensive performance when it comes to touchdowns. Last year, he had nine. This year, already on even halfway through the season, he already has 17. Not throwing dip picks, not turning it over. And then Clemson's defense. We said, what is their defense going to look like? They have a new defensive coordinator. Is it going to be the I same? I well, they've I been every bit as consistent as you would expect. And so it'll be a tall task for Florida State to try and find a way to win against a Clemson team that is hitting on every single cylinder. 
Sam, let me ask you this quickly because you referenced the improvement that we've seen from DJU. Are you satisfied with where he is right now, looking seven weeks into the season almost? Yeah, I, I am, but honestly, it's not up to me to be satisfied or not. You looked at some, just listen to some of the interviews that DJU had during the season. He said, hey, like last year was a struggle, but I, I wanted to, uh, I needed to learn. I needed to go through some of these, these hard things. And he didn't take it, he didn't take mm. himself too seriously. Sometimes as athletes, we get so caught up in our own heads and, oh no, what are people saying? And what is this? What is that? He took it in stride. Now all of a sudden, all the negative and the, the hate that people would, would, would say, it's all gone. Now people are like, oh, we love you. You're great. So for me, yes, I've seen enough, but it's not about me. He's so much more consistent. He's calm. Like everything you see, you love what you see as far as his pocket presence. And he's running the ball like he always has been. And so um, DJU is, is, is everything you would have expected him to be and more. Yeah, look, you, you do get the sense that those waters have calmed. Uh, not the case five years ago, by the way. A little anniversary coming up. It was, in fact, a Friday the 13th. Clemson would not forget. They were number two at the time. They go into the Carrier Dome, miss a go-ahead field goal. The Orange made theirs, capping one of the biggest wins under head coach Dino Babers. Listen, there was reason to celebrate. Dabo Sweeney, by the way, if you remember, went into that Syracuse locker room after the game to congratulate the Orange men on a job well done. So we've got NC State and Syracuse. Uh, will we see, Steve, another upset in the making? Well, Syracuse is favored. I didn't think a lot of people had that before this season, and that's obviously because of the injury to Devin Leary, Wendy. But when I look at Syracuse, this is a huge spot. The cakewalk is over. There's no more UConn. There's no more Wagner on the schedule. And when you look at their schedule, they have Clemson, you know, next week, Notre Dame after that. They got uh, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Wake Forest is after that. Uh, so this is, a, this is a must for Syracuse. If they want to have any postseason aspirations, they have to get this game. And it'll start with their quarterback, Garrett Schrader, who's been very good this year. Ten touchdowns, only one pick. So I expect Syracuse to play well and win this game. What an opportunity. What an opportunity. You're playing against a 15th-ranked NC State team without potentially without their quarterback. No one's going to go back and say, well, they didn't have the quarterback. A win is a win is a win, and this win will get you bowl eligible. And so I think Syracuse does have a great opportunity, yes, because of the quarterback, but also because that running back, Sean Tucker, who is a beast. He also runs track, which we all know. He is a monster. And so I like Syracuse in this one, partly because Devin Leary may not play. Guys, I tell you what, we started the show talking about all these ranked matchups. We need a longer show in a week like this. I mean, we, you know, we say it sometimes, <laughs> but in all seriousness, what a week seven. And again, after this, if you think about it, we'll be more than halfway through the college football season, which is hard to believe. Man. All right. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow.